Folks, it's NFL playoff time, and the road to Vegas goes through San Francisco and Baltimore. Baltimore, our, our brothers to the south, good old mid-Atlantic accent Baltimore. Happy for them, hope, pulling for them right now. But guess what? Bet Online is your number one source for playoff football odds, stats, trends, and lines with everything from point spreads to hundreds of player performance props. Head to Bet Online today to stay updated on all the action. Bet Online, the game starts here. Enjoy the show. Well, folks, I got to tell you, last week, the vibes were great. The Flyers spanked the Stars. The guys were blasting the Squirtle Sack song out in the locker room. And losses to the Avalanche, the Senators, the Lightning. And I don't even care about any of that at this exact moment. We will get into that stuff later in the show. But we need to spend the first half of the show, unfortunately, talking about Carter Hart. So just a, a heads up. We are going to be talking about everything going on with Carter Hart, and there is a lot for the first half of the show. Uh, your typical Fly Purpley programming will be coming after the ad break, but the first half of the show will definitely be spent talking about Carter Hart. So on that note, let's get into it. And to just give you some background in case you folks are unfamiliar, which I can't imagine if you're listening to this podcast, you're unfamiliar with everything going on. But just in case you are, here's a quick recap. So Carter Hart on Tuesday requested and has been granted a leave of absence from the Flyers, which in and of itself is a little unusual, but nothing too wild. You know, people go on leave of absences sometimes, you know, either they're having uh, mental health issues or uh, they're having family, you know, troubles, things like that. There are plenty of reasons to go on a leave of absence. But the timing of this was uh, was suspicious to a number of people. And it happened to coincide with four other players taking leave of absences from their team. And all of those players were from the 2018 World Junior Hockey Team, okay? And if you're not familiar with that case, and I, I know there are actually some people that were not totally familiar with this, and I had to send some links over to people to to make them aware of this unpleasantness. And just for some background, the allegations were made public in a lawsuit filed by a woman against the governing body of uh Hockey Canada in April 2022. In the complaint filed in Ontario Superior Court, the woman alleged she was assaulted by eight players in a hotel room after a foundation event. Members of Canada's 2018 World Junior Team were among those accused of assault in the lawsuit. That is uh, via the Athletics' Katie Strang and Jenna West. Uh, five members of the 2018 World Junior Hockey Team have now been told to surrender to London, Ontario police to face charges of sexual assault per the Globe and Mail. And I saw this via a Rick Westhead tweet. And just uh, a quick shout out to Rick Westhead and Katie Strang and Jenna Weston, all the journalists that are out there still reporting on this important story. It's one that could have disappeared and could have just gone away, but they have not let it go away. And that is just great journalism right there. But, you know, unfortunately, it's not looking 
very good for Carter Hart right now, just considering the timing of everything. And the London police are holding a press conference on February 5th. So I don't know how much we're going to find out between now and then. Hopefully we do find out more information, but I, a lot of people have done the math here and the math is very bad for Carter Hart. And we have, so Ryan, you know, at this point we have heard a lot of rumors. We've heard a lot of whispers that Carter Hart was potentially amongst those involved in this incident. And it's one of those things that you just want to brush off and say, Hey, maybe he wasn't one of the guys, but I I think considering the timing of everything and the leave of absences and everything, I, I think at this point we really have to start talking publicly about the possibility that Carter Hart may have been one of the people involved in this incident. Yeah. Right now it's, it's a touchy subject right now. Like we still don't know anything yet. Um, there are signs. It's all speculation. This is all alleged. Yeah. Alleged is the word of the day here. It's all speculation and alleged. There is nothing that is fact except for, you know, there are facts, but you're just doing math here. We can't say anything a hundred percent. Yeah. There are signs pointing to a particular outcome right now, but for what we know at this exact moment is nothing. We don't know anything yet. So is it suspicious? This, this whole thing? Yeah. Big time. Um, uh, it's at this point, it's, it's going to be, I hate that it's even coming down to this, but I hate that it's, it's a waiting game until February, what? February 5th. Um, so February 5th, I guess that's the day where, you know, we, we find out what happened and we do listen, I'd be remiss not to say this. You, you mentioned this a little earlier, Steve, but like Carter Hart could, there is a possible, it is not impossible that he is going through something else right now. Like could be, like you mentioned, could be mental illness, could be family issues, could be something else. Like there are things that could possibly, like there are other things that could be causing him to need time spent away from the flyers. Um, but yeah, man, like it's, it's, it's not, it's not a, it's the way everything's lining up and the other players who have requested a leave of absence, it's, it's not inspiring confidence in anybody. No, it, it definitely is not. Now, the only team to explicitly state a reason for the leave of absence was the Calgary Flames, who with Dylan Dube, is it Dube or is it Dube? Dube. Dubé here. Well, whatever. <laughs> Dylan Dubé, it was, they cited mental health for him, but everybody else, it was left as ambiguous as possible. Okay. So, uh, the five players in question here, uh, you do have Carter Hart, as we mentioned, uh, Dylan Dubé, uh, we've got, who, who are the other ones? We've got, uh, Cal Foot, right? Cal Foot. Um, Cal Foot, Michael McLeod, who are both yes. on the devils. Yes. And uh, Alex, and Alex Formanton. Formanton who was playing overseas. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. The thing is, all five of them were on that team, 
And they're the only five from that team to take leave with this timing. And it came out that five players were, are you know, were summoned by the London, Ontario police. Right. Yeah. I think it's very fair to speculate on this at this point, you know, and it's all alleged. Obviously it's all speculation. I can't make that clear enough, but we need to face the reality that it's very likely that Carter Hart is at least going to have to go to the London, Ontario police and talk to them. What that means from there, who's to say, but you know, this is a big deal. And I, I hate that I'm going to have to be as callous as to talk about the hockey, you know, implications of this, but I, I, we will, because it's a huge deal for the Philadelphia Flyers. And this is a Philadelphia Flyers podcast, as much Mm -hmm. as uh, we might goof around and make it not a Flyers podcast at at many times. Um, This does have huge implications for the Flyers of all the players named Carter Hart is easily the biggest name on the list as far as his importance to his team goes. So, you know, before we get into that, though, I just want to talk about just the fact that what happened or what what is alleged to have happened here is just so terrible. I'm glad that, as I mentioned, the journalists before and the job they've done, they haven't allowed the story to go away. And I truly hope that justice is had, you know, the right decision is made and justice is had ultimately. What that form will take, you know, whether there's a trial, whether who knows what is going to happen from here. But, you know, this woman deserves her day in court and she deserves to have the case, you know, heard properly. So I'm glad that this is being followed to the proper conclusion. And if any wrongdoing was done, I want people to pay accordingly. You know, this is just an awful thing. That is being accused here. And it just makes me sick to even think about it. If you're unfamiliar with the story, there are some great, you know, rundowns of everything. There are some great journalism, as I mentioned. Uh, Rick Westhead and Katie Strang, look mm-hmm. them up. They have done some really, really good work on this case. Yeah, they've been excellent. Um, Rick Westhead, of course, was also integral on the uh, Chicago Blackhawks um, investigation with uh one Kyle Beach so um he is he he has he's been very he's been at the forefront of kind of changing hockey culture a little bit he's he's really doing some great work so um and same thing with Katie Strang they've both been outstanding so um we could talk about it here but th- this doesn't seem like the place so we recommend if you want to know more about what what you know the details of that 2018 team you can find those uh in their stories online yeah definitely check that out if you're if you're curious again this can the the details of this are very upsetting so if you are sensitive to you know this kind of thing like be be careful you know um obviously i i want people to have knowledge but i also want people to be kind, you know, not do themselves like self harm by reading upsetting details. If uh, mm-hmm. that would really, you know, that that could give some trigger something in somebody, right. uh, some sort of uh, traumatic event or something. So, you know, be cautious when reading about this stuff. It, it is upsetting, but uh, we'll see what happens. I just know hockey culture. You mentioned hockey culture, and I think that's sports culture to a larger degree. Yeah, you know, there are things. It, it sometimes feels like athletes 
are above the law. And that is not the case. Nobody is above the law, especially not athletes. And again, we, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what's going to come out in court. But as I said before, I just want justice done here. And it's on this note that I go to the unfortunate business of talking about the implication of all of this on the Philadelphia Flyers hockey squad. Because mm-hmm. as I mentioned, this is a big deal, especially considering how good the Flyers have been this year. Uh, right now, just looking at what's going on in the NHL, I know Carolina has played tonight. They are beating the Bruins two to nothing. Uh, so they could possibly pass the Flyers in the standings tonight. Flyers have a few games in hand on the Hurricanes. Uh, but the Flyers, even though they, they lost a couple games now in a row, they are still pretty high up there in the standings. And a large part of that is they've had very good goaltending from Carter Hart and Samuel Erson. And I I really have a lot of faith in Samuel Erson. And I, I know Danny Briere when he gave his statement, which for the record, I forgot to mention Danny Briere's comments, but yeah. Danny Briere could only say so much. Yeah, no, he, he really couldn't disclose much of anything. Like, I mean, as you would expect, he had tons of questions about Carter Hart and what this means for the Flyers and like, what is he going to be back with the Flyers when he's done with his leave of that? Like what's he, he couldn't answer any of them. And that nobody around the league can answer anything right now. No, the NHLPA has not issued a statement. Uh, I I don't think Gary Bettman said anything. You know that mum is the word around the league right now. Yeah. So, but I on a, I think he handled it as well as he could have. I mean, what, I what's he going to do? I mean, what what honestly? What's Daniel like? What's he supposed to say? So, um, yeah, I, I think he hand, handled it exactly the way he needed to. Um, so good work by Briere. Um, you know, we'll, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens, but yeah. What the one thing he did say is that, um, you know, he was asked basically in Hart's absence, do you have confidence that Sam Erson can, can, you know, fill in and, and not, you know, the flyers won't skip a beat with him and net. And he basically said, I have confidence. He can be the number one goalie of this team. He is the number one goalie of this team now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is – it's Sam Erickson's net. I mean, we're looking at this. This is Sam Erickson's net right now. So, um, he's got – I don't want to say a big opportunity here because this is – that seems insensitive to phrase it like that. But he does ha- – he's in position to kind of leave his stamp on this Flyers team and become a full-time number one goalie. Um and I mean, the way he's been playing, he's kind of been playing like a number one goalie this whole year, aside from maybe the first two games of the season, two, three games of the season for him. So, um, yeah. So here comes Sam Harrison, ready or not. You're, you're the, you're yeah. the number one goalie. Yeah. I, this was, this was a big shock. As I mentioned, like we had heard some rumblings, right? We had heard some speculation, but we didn't actually know anything was imminent. We didn't know anything was happening anytime soon in regards to this this um hockey canada case but so it was a big shock to everybody when this news rolled out on tuesday and man like i can't even imagine what's going on in sam harrison's head when your partner in the net has to go away like this and you're left as the guy and it is 
it is a, a chance for him to show us just exactly what kind of player he is and if he can be a number one goaltender. Uh, it's it's also an interesting opportunity for Cal Peterson to come back and, and maybe get a presence in the NHL again. Uh, not really inspired by a lot of Cal Peterson's numbers that he's put up in recent history. I mean, just looking over... With the Phantoms this year, he's 5-8-2 with a 3-2-6 GAA yeah. and an 8-9-0 save percentage. Uh, career NHL numbers are actually pretty good, but he really just fell off with the Kings in 21-22. He had good numbers. It's numbers in 22-23 were abysmal. And he's made two appearances for the Flyers this year. He's got a 3-5-0 GAA and an 8-9-6 save percentage. Uh, the thing about Cal Peterson is, he was basically just a salary cap throw in with the Ivan Provorov trade. You know, the, the Flyers got Sean Walker and some draft picks out of it. Uh, they had to take on the Cal Peterson contract and help LA out with that. Uh, so, I mean, I'd say I gladly take that on for what Sean Walker has given to this point. Uh, but, you know, it, it is an interesting opportunity for Peterson if he can step in there. And I don't know if he's going to be in there we really don't know anything about Carter Hart at this point. We really don't. Uh, we won't until February 5th is the earliest we'll really have, I think, solid information on how this moves forward. But in the and we do have the All-Star break in the meantime, too. So th- they will have some rest time and everything. But you have to imagine at some point Cal Peterson is going to get between the pipes. And I, I hope he does embrace this chance to maybe get back in the good graces of NHL play here. Yeah. I, I mean, I, he had a rough preseason. I mean, he, he was really going not, through it. Has not been very good. He in, has in not in history. Yeah. That, no. that contract just looks worse and worse. And it's a shame because how at one long point, does that contract go on for? I believe uh, this year, and next year. So I believe okay. two more years, which is I, if I'm Danny Breer, I gladly take that on because it is pretty short-term pain for a team that's got salary cap space and right. isn't expected to take a swing at a big free agent anytime soon. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Cal Peterson's been, uh, you know, he, he had a hard time this in the preseason, and, you know, he came up a couple times during the regular season as well, and he, he wasn't, wasn't great then either. Um, and honestly, I, I think one of the more notable things about bringing Cal Peterson up is just – Man, did Felix Sandstrom just kind of fall from grace here? Yeah, he really fell off. And the fact that it's Peterson here and not Sandstrom is yeah. pretty wild. And it, this isn't to say that Sandstrom was some sort of incredible, like, you know, like excellent, gotta have him bona fide backup goalie. Like last season, it's not like he was incredible last season. He was, I think. But he was all right. Like he had a couple decent starts last year and, you know. There were hopes that he could at least be an NHL backup in some capacity. I mean, looking at the success of uh, Anthony Stolarz, for instance, you know, uh, Stoli the goalie over there, Stoltender the goaltender, as we uh, would call him around these parts. But that's a guy who really never quite made the NHL with the Flyers, Uh, got a couple opportunities, but then he went elsewhere and he really blossomed and has become a solid NHL backup. And there were kind of hopes that, something similar could happen with Sandstrom, but it's not looking great right now. Yeah. And I will say this, like it seemed like a lot of the games that Sandstrom played last year, 
like the team in front of him just played like garbage. Like, and I'm not, I, I feel like I'm famous for making excuses for backup goalies. Like I, I always tend to do it because like, when you think about it, the backup goalie plays typically like, you know, a lot of the time they play the second game of a back-to-back set. Um, and like, Every once in a while, they'll get like you know a, f- a full game with like a fully rested like a game with a fully rested team in front of them. Every once in a while, but like for the most part, it's like you know back to back sets. That's when they play. And I don't know. It just last season. It's the Flyers were so bad last year, and it just it. it I do wonder what it would have looked like with Sandstrom playing behind like a a good Flyers team like this one. Um, but right now. He's not going to get that opportunity, and, and uh, he shouldn't. Uh, he hadn't been that great in the NHL, and at least with Felix Sandstrom, or uh, Felix, that's Felix Sandstrom, at least with Cal Peterson, um, we have seen him perform well in the NHL before. It hasn't happened in a while, but he has performed well in the NHL. There was one point where people considered Cal Peterson like one of the better up-and-coming young goalies in hockey. So that's when he got the contract. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like there was a time where people were very high on him and that, I mean, that crashed and burned real quick the last couple of years, but like, who knows you really like, who knows? Like maybe uh, goal, as we say all the time, goalies don't make sense. They don't. They're like, for all we know, he could come in and put up unbelievable numbers behind Sam Harrison. So, um, Yeah. So right, yeah, right now we got Arison and Peterson, and it's uh, it's an interesting tandem. But I, from what we've seen from Arison, I have all the confidence in the world because I'll be honest with you, Steve. He's looked better than Carter Hart for a lot of this season, and now not it's been solid. Yeah, only marginally, like because Carter Hart's also been very, very good. But Sam Arison, man, on some nights he's just when he's on, he's incredible. So you know. Erson, he's 12-7-0 on the season, 2-4-4 GAA, 9-0-5 save percentage, three shutouts. Uh, those are really nice numbers, especially for a guy who, he's, he's a rookie, right? Like he is in his rookie season. I believe he technically is a rookie, yeah. He's eligible for the Calder, so he counts as a rookie in my book. Yeah, so, uh, but like he's got an I, opportunity. I kind of wonder, he does. I, I kind of wonder if Cal Peterson is also the guy here because he is a veteran presence at this point and somebody that Erickson can, can turn to and look for some support and some guidance in this really difficult time. Because if there's one guy on the team, I, I feel bad for with this news. It is Sam Erickson because, you know, he's somebody we, we talk about how this is a chance for him to show what he's got, but it's also a big monkey wrench in, for him, you know, from his perspective in how he does his job and how he goes about doing it, because it's different when you've got that one, two punch with uh, Carter Hart and going from that to Cal Peterson, where you become the number one guy, that's a different kind of pressure. So I, I really hope Erson steps up and really embraces it and kicks some major butt because I'm rooting for him. I like him a lot. I love what I've seen. And He's somebody who I would love to see as, I mean, at this point we could potentially be talking about like Sam Erson being the Flyers goalie for the next few years, which that's wild to me uh, to, to take this gear shift. Because if I had told myself 
what, like two, three years ago that we wouldn't be talking about Carter Hart as the, the longtime Flyers goalie. I would have thought myself mad. I would have thought like, this is what a, what a potential mental shift this is to be thinking about this. Like, and that's how it's a, it's stunning news. If, especially if everything as we added it up ends up being true. And if, you know, further, if this goes into court and things happen from there, you know, we got to talk about like worst case scenarios here. And I mean, by the way, I'm talking worst case as far as like the Philadelphia flyers go, as far as like justice goes, that is obviously, I don't want to get into that. I think, you know what I mean? You're all smart people. You know what I mean by that? But with the flyers, Danny Briere, Keith Jones, they have to be thinking as far as their goaltending situation goes, as far as them planning, this is a big change for them. And this is a big change in the status quo of the Flyers and their planning. So where do you go from here? And what are we looking at as far as the pipeline goes? Because I, yeah. I know there's Erison Sandstrom. Uh, sadly, Fedotov doesn't look like he's in the picture anymore after everything going on with Russia. Yeah, so um, it's fun that you mentioned that because uh, um, Danny Bray actually commented on that today during his media availability and basically said like, yeah, like we've been we've been adding good goalies to the pro- to the pipeline the last couple of years, um, and that was just the whole reason behind that. He claims is because they knew that they wanted to kind of bolster up the goaltending in the pipeline. Like they they knew that they were going to need a, a lot of different options, and that they knew that you know they needed a good goalie if they wanted to be a good team. So they have really been you know diving deep into the goalie bucket pretty much each draft the last couple of years. And um, I mean, now you look, you got Alexei Kolosov, who has been performing very, very well uh, in the KHL, not in Russia. He's, it should be noted that he's actually in um, Belarus. So uh, yeah, so that's, that's the thing. Um, but yeah, the Flyers have some solid goalie depth right now. Um, they have, uh, uh, I, oh, I'm forgetting his first name, but, uh, Oh, uh, Carson Bjarnason. Uh, they drafted him this year in the draft. He was, I believe the number one ranked goalie in North America by the, um, uh, central scouting. So yeah, I mean, the flyers have goalie depth right now and they have some, they have some solid young players in the pipeline at the moment. So that's, that's good. You like to see that. Um, and of course, you still have Arison. Like, Arison is, we got we to gotta remember, 24 years old. I mean, he might not be at, he might not have reached his ceiling yet. So he, there is a chance he could improve, and there is a chance that he could develop into a true bona fide number one goalie. Um, so the Flyers aren't in a terrible position here. Like, losing Carter Hart for potentially a long time. Very long time, potentially. Potentially forever. That, yeah. That, I mean, if we're talking, if we're being realists here, this, we might have seen the end of Carter Hart in the Flyers uniform. Now, that could be obviously based on speculation on my part. I'm talking, it's all speculation. I cannot make that clear enough. This is all speculation. But there is a possibility. I am prepared mentally to say I, I could have seen him for the last time. I don't know that. I could be far from the case. Uh, a lot can change. But, there is a, a distinct possibility of it. Yeah, I, I, I just don't know, so I'm not gonna like I, I'm not gonna throw that out there. 
But um, yeah, I mean, there is a possibility that Sam Harrison could establish himself as the Flyers' number one goalie for a long time. And um, yeah, so we'll just have to see. But for right now, just to for people worried about the Flyers' goalie depth, you can take solace in the fact that they have lots of really good young goalies in the pipeline. So that is obviously very good. You like to see that. Right. I think they're in better position as far as goaltending of the future goes than they were pre Carter Hart. When you look at the days of like Michael Neuverth and Steve Mason and Brian Elliott, when they just, and that year when they had like, well, I think that was, was that Hart's first year when they had seven goaltenders between the pipes? Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, it's man, it's what a team, but you know, I guess there's a lot more to come and I don't really know what else I can say at this point uh, because it's a very murky situation, but we'll definitely bring you news as we hear it. Uh, I mentioned Westhead. I mentioned Katie Strang. I mean, you also hear news from a lot of the big reporters, Elliot Friedman, Pierre Lebrun, you know, those are the big people to follow. So just stay informed, stay on top of the news. Uh, it's, there will be a lot coming out in the next few weeks. And uh, I'm very interested to see what happens uh, in early February when that press conference is called, but uh, wow. It's just a a truly stunning uh, series of events this week for the flyers. And uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't even know what else to say. So we're going to take a little break right here and we'll be back after the ad break to kind of have a tonal shift, if you will. And Talk, uh, talk just some flyperbole hijinks and some Philadelphia Flyers hockey. And in the middle of all of these, these leave of absence, you know, news and notes earlier today, the, the NHL, I don't know if it was an NHL decision. I don't know if it was just convenient timing or what, but there was a news story that came out that, well, I'll just read this whole thing from Pierre Lebron over the, at the, at the athletic. Smith Entertainment Group, SEG, owner of the Utah Jazz, has requested the NHL initiate an expansion process to bring a team to Utah. SEG is also the parent company of Delta Center, the MLS's Real Salt Lake, the NWSL's Utah Royals, and several other Utah-based sports and entertainment venues. The company said an expansion hockey team could use Delta Center, the home of the Jazz, as its interim home arena. And you're just scrolling through the timeline. I think Ryan Gilbert of BSH also pointed out that like the NHL tweeted something about like the mascot, like the mascot showdown or some shit, like unbelievable. But yeah, like you're, you're in the middle of following all these serious news stories and the, and like, it's like, Oh, Hey, guess what gang? Salt Lake city wants to get in on the hockey action. Like who gives a shit. The NHL continues, continues to be extremely tone deaf. And if they're not being tone deaf, then they're like deliberately doing this shit to like draw attention away from the bad thing. And like, I think it was deliberate. I a hundred percent. And again, this is a, this is speculation, but I'm pretty sure it was deliberate because it's like the timing of that was just ridiculous. Like nobody gives a shit about Salt Lake city right now, guys. And also (laughs) nobody gives a shit about Salt Lake city in general. Yeah. Why, why is the NHL trying to expand? Like, what's going on? Why is Salt Lake City saying we want in? Like, okay, great. I want a million dollars. Can Gary Bettman just give me that? I, I, I just don't understand why the NHL wants to expand again. You got 32 teams. That's 
the same as the NFL. But does the NHL want to expand or is Salt Lake City just demanding that they expand? It's such a weird statement. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen anything like this. I feel like the NHL wants to expand because I, I feel like they've there's been a lot of talk about expansion. Is the talent, is the talent pool not diluted enough? Uh, honestly, yeah. Like, I, it just feels like there's a lot of... Uh, there's been a lot of chatter about expanding. Like we keep, it's like it feels like every other day Kevin Weeks is tweeting something about Atlanta. So like, uh, I don't know. It's it's Which weird. Been there, done that. No, no offense to the fair people of Atlanta. I'm sure it's a lovely town, but like, the Braves suck. But like, <laughs> been there, done that. I don't know if that's gonna work, guys. Like it did not. It was a pretty much a disaster the first time. I'm skeptical. And apparently there's this, you know, plan to build a new arena in the Atlanta area. But the problem is the new arena that they're supposedly building is far outside the city. Like, what do you do? Put put an arena. If you want an NHL team to work in Atlanta, put an NHL arena in the middle of the city. Then people will not have to drive far to go to the game. It's not rocket science. (laughs) It's really not. Imagine... Well, you got the caps moving outside the city limits, you know, it's like, yeah, but that's not moving the opposite. No, that's bullshit. We're moving the opposite way. That's not going to be that far outside of the city. Like the public transportation, Uh, the public transportation in DC is like pretty good. So like people can still get DC. No, it's different. Well, no, right down. So DC's public transportation kind of like, it's like shared with Northern Virginia. So like people can take the Metro still, and there's going to be a Metro station that's like, part of the mm. arena i agree Bullshit. i think they should keep it in there but like it's not like the worst thing in the world having having uh it like a little outside the city limits i'll, I'll say this they it's, the most it's better accessible it's stadium better to people on public transit it's better than having a giant football stadium for a new york football team in new jersey in the east swamp well that's of course the worst case scenario yeah <laughs> that's really bad so yeah, yeah, but I, I just don't get it. I don't understand the what the NHL is doing. They don't need to expand again. I don't know why they're even considering expansion again. It just seems well, really I, dumb. I don't understand this statement. I, I just don't understand this guy coming out and saying, I did an NHL team. Like, great. Who gives a shit? And also, like, just I guess give them the Coyotes. But, like, who really wants to pay $16 for a 3% beer or whatever the top you allow in Utah is? Right, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Jesus Christ. I will say I was listening to, I believe it was 32 Thoughts. It was either 32 Thoughts or just the um, uh, Jeff Merrick show. And basically they had this this owner of the Utah Jazz come on and talk about how he wanted to buy an NH or he wanted expansion for um, Salt Lake City. And he said this months ago, months and months and months ago. So... It's not like this is a brand new thing. Like, there's been a lead up to this. <laughs> I don't understand this statement. I don't understand where any of this, like, I understand where it came from. But, like, it, it almost feels like just a, 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 not quite a ransom note, but, you know, it just feels ridiculous to me. It's very weird. And, of course, the timing could not be more convenient, right? So Give us the coyotes immediately. Yeah. Post haste. Yeah, just move the coyotes. Move somebody. Move a team that stinks. Just the Coyotes, guys. They play in a college arena in front of 5,000 people tops. I, I, let's just stop. Let's just stop. It's a farce. Move the Penguins. They're going to be moving. They're going to be out of town in a few years anyway after Crosby retires. Just move them. 
Yeah, Kansas. Well, go, they got to go to Kansas City. Kansas yeah. City deserves the Penguins. They do. Kansas City is an awesome city. I've never been, sure. but like for work, I've been having to do that. like Kansas City, like Kansas City stuff, and like everything that I've learned about Kansas City seems cool as hell. Hmm. I do like a KC barbecue sauce. Love some donkey sauce on that KC barbecue sauce. You know, merge mm. the two I, together I a little bit. As I've never had a donkey sauce, I, I can't actually say if they'd be compatible, but sure, why not? Hey, just throw it all in a trash can and eat some uh, nachos out of it, baby. Yeah, try Flavor it out. Town. Try it out. See what could yeah, go wrong. Try it out. Everybody loves heading to Flavortown. And, you know, I'm, I'm just glad that you got to come over and, uh, you know, we, we actually got to watch uh, 30 seconds of uh, some Guy Fieri Triple D together this past weekend that was very fun and very nice yes i had a great weekend uh for those who don't know i uh was in the uh i was at the farg i was in the press box for both games for the weekend back to back so the avalanche and the senators um and hotels are expensive as hell so i reached out to steve like yo dog Got a couch, <laughs> and he he let me crash on his couch, and it was an awesome weekend we had together. He, uh, we what did we do, Steve? We went, we got, we ordered in from what was the name of that pizza? We just again? ordered in. We just got some. I forget, but we got some good pizza, and we just uh, we kind of hung out. We got some Fed nuts in the morning, and uh, yeah, it was icy as shit. Like it, yeah, yeah, there was that that snowstorm last Friday. It was very icy around, and. No, we just got some pizza and chilled and watched some football, watched the, the goddamn Packers choke against the 49ers. And uh, as upsetting as that was, it was a good time. I will say the Packers did admirably. I, I A lot of people didn't give them even a shot. So good on them for I did making not. it interesting. Yeah, it was interesting. I, I will say I was not bored by that game at all. And yeah, it was, you know, it was a, a fun weekend, but on that note, you got to go to both of the Flyers games over the weekend. So since last we spoke, the Flyers have played four times. And one of those was perhaps the win of the season where they beat the pants off of the Dallas Stars. And that was just so much damn fun. Owen Tippett scored the goal of the year. This spinorama thing of beauty. Just, uh-huh. oh my God. I We haven't talked about the Owen Tippett goal. We and have not. I, dude, I jumped up. I basically crapped my pants watching this goal. It was so good. It was a video game goal from Owen Tippett. And then, of course, Owen Tippett would go out and get hurt in like a game or two after that. Yeah, because of course. I mean, that's just how things are going in Flyers Land right now, apparently. But yeah, I mean, that was incredible goal. Um, I mean, that it, people are going to get mad, but like, it reminds me of that goal that Malkin had back in, I think it was 2015, 2016. Like he like, listen, I know Malkin's like on the penguins and he's a bad guy and he's being compared and he's just ugly, but being compared to compete to Evgeny Malkin as a hockey player, ain't the worst compliment you can get. So I guess, um, yeah, he, th- what a great goal by Tippett. He has, it just it sucks that he got hurt when he did because he was really heating up and he was really getting to a point where he was like taking over games. Like he was 
he was willing the Flyers into winning games, and it was really, really fun to watch. And, of course, now he's going to be out a little bit. Um, one can imagine. He's he's on IR right now, so he'll probably be out until after – well, he will be out until after the All-Star break. Um, so, yeah, hopefully when he comes back, he'll be back to 100%. Yeah, I'm hoping he comes back strong, and it's a shame that he got hurt. But, man, that was, that was a great goal. That was a, a really great game. And was that the game where Charlie discovered that the Flyers were playing the Squirtle saxophone song in the locker room? Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Unbelievable. So good. Is... <laughs> yeah, so I, I guess if you're not familiar with the, the world of Pokemon, and I'm I'm an old man with Pokemon. I sure am. The Pokemon was slightly after my time as far as like uh, my Nintendo childhood, like not to say that I haven't played Pokemon Go or Smash Brothers. I definitely have. But I'm not like, you know, I'm not I'm not the biggest uh, Pokemon stan, if you will, over here. But I was not tone deaf enough to not know what the Squirtle saxophone was. And it would be this right here. And it's got this animation of Squirtle in these cool guy sunglasses playing the saxophone. It's great. And it's just him bopping up and down doing that for God knows how long. And apparently the, the Flyers have been listening to that in the locker room. I need that to be the Flyers goal song. Why is it not the Flyers goal song? Mm, I'm I'm totally cool having Van Halen back. No. I've been enjoying that. No, I, I, I like the Van Halen. But why isn't it the victory song? It should be the goal song and the victory song. That's too much. It's too much. They should pull, the You know what? They should just play it on loop throughout the whole game. See, now that's that is sounding like uh, a method of torture no, in some regards. No, Steve, you're just not That cultured. would inspire madness. Absolutely not. That's what the world wants. That's what the people want. The people, the great people of Philadelphia, that's what they want. They want Squirtle saxophone playing at all all times during a Flyers game. And, Dare I say that it's too much Squirtle. And by all Philadelphians... And by, you know, the great people of Philadelphia, I just mean me. <laughs> that's it. That's all I mean. Oh, that's your. That's because you're a lunatic. You yeah. are an absolute nut, and only you could want that that madness infiltrating your life. But I do enjoy them playing it in the locker room. That is, uh, honestly, there's a funny bunch of guys right there. I think Scooty Lutz, Scott Lawton was the the one who fessed up to that one. Yeah, it is a fun bunch of dudes, and. Uh, um, you know, they haven't been playing it much recently. It's been it's been a bit of a drag here recently, three game losing streak. But yeah, so like that yeah. Stars game was definitely a a high point in the season. But then the Avalanche game that was a high high was, point of the last like five years, honestly. Well, since twenty twenty, let's not forget that team in twenty twenty was very yeah. very good. Yeah, very good. Twenty nineteen twenty twenty. Before, you know, this whole pesky COVID thing. Right. But, you know, just going back to this past weekend. So as good as that Stars game was, you then had the Avalanche game, which was kind of the Flyers at their worst in a lot of ways. Not their worst, because they did make a game of it. They went down a, a decent amount early, but then they did come back and they made a game out of it. But you know, rallying behind Sam Erson coming in and really played a hell of a game in relief. And it's a shame they lost that game, but 
Colorado is just so good, man. The, and he, so here's what's frustrating about the Colorado game. The Flyers were the better team for a lot of that game. The problem is, is the Avalanche have Nathan McKinnon and Miko Rantanen. And the Flyers don't have Nathan McKinnon or Miko Rantanen. So that was the difference, honestly. Like Colorado's best players played their best game. And they were the best players on the ice. And the Flyers, despite being the better overall team, um, they just couldn't keep up with those two all-star, all-world players. And that's frustrating. Like, that that's what's... That's the frustrating thing that you see with this Flyers team is like, and we see, we do see it from Owen Tippett sometimes. Like we see, we've seen him kind of take over games where he just scores crazy goals that no one else can score, and um, you know scores some clutch. He's scored plenty of clutch goals this season, and it's frustrating that the Flyers don't have that consistently. Like we've seen Owen Tippett do it, yes, but he doesn't do it consistently. McKinnon and Renton, and it's like they do it every night. And it's just, it is frustrating when the Flyers were the better team and they just couldn't, they couldn't, they don't have one of those players, so they couldn't get the win. I mean, that's one of the downfalls of this Flyers team is that they're, you know, it sucks to say, but they simply don't have that much elite talent. They have a lot of great, good, scrappy players, but I don't even know who you'd say is a lead at this point. I'd say they have a lot of very, very good players, but I don't know that you necessarily have somebody who is elite. The closest you probably have is like, and he's not at that level yet, but Jamie Drysdale, his ceiling, I would say is potentially up there, but I, I think you could say I, Sean Couturier is an elite two way center. Yeah. Sean Couturier could be up there. And then Travis Konechny maybe connect like, I don't know that he's quite elite, but he's on the tier below that. Yeah. Like he's he's really freaking good. TK is awesome. He's been having a run the past couple of years and he continues to be very good. And again, the team made a game out of it. You know, that that was one that and they've had two of those because the lightning game was similar where they were down in the game and they could have just given up and like the you know, past couple of years they would have just given up. And called it a day, but they did make game out of it. Ultimately lost seven to four in that game, but you know, damn man, they, uh, they really tried to come back. I mean, they were down three, nothing in that game. And then, you know, Farabee, Konechny, Forster, Atkinson scored, but then, you know, Rantanen and O'Connor just put it on ice. Yeah. I mean, and we kind of saw a similar thing against Tampa Bay too. Like yeah. flyers were down early. And, you know, it looked like they were down and out. Then they come fighting back and they make it a game. And basically the same thing happened against Tampa. I mean, you got Kucherov and you got Braden Point and they basically won the game. I mean, pretty much that's what happened. Kucherov got a hat Kucherov trick. Kucherov had a hat trick. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like they just had, they just have those elite players that the Flyers don't have. And that was the main difference. Like the Flyers outshot both Colorado and Tampa, like heavily and... They just couldn't get the win because they are unable to capitalize on scoring chances the way that those two teams are because they have the elite talent. Now, while those losses are are pretty easy to explain away, you know, elite talent will beat you. The inexcusable loss of the three here 
is the Ottawa Senators. That was yeah. a, a, a game that they lost five to three and Ottawa has been just terrible this year. Uh, no excuse losing that game. And the biggest thing that bothered me about this game, and there were a lot of things, but Zach McEwen scored <laughs> a goal in this game. Zach McEwen, Big Mac, Madman McEwen scored a goddamn goal. I couldn't believe it. Man, that just sucks. Anyway, so Claude Giroux also scored in this game. But, he did. Game time goal. You know, I could write that script, right? Like that makes sense because Claude Giroux is Claude Giroux. We all know what that man can do. That man does. He had elite talent in his time and he's still very, very good. And it was very painful to see him tie that game up. And then to see Tarasenko just like. Be Tarasenko, you want to talk elite talent, right? Tarasenko may not be there anymore, but he has the talent. Uh, God damn, that just sucked, man. That was a game that the Flyers were up. They should have dominated, and they just didn't. Maybe they were gassed after the Avs game. Maybe they underestimated the Senators, which is certainly possible. But back-to-back is never fun, and that was a disappointment. Big-time disappointment. Yeah, that was not their best performance at all. Not even close. Um, And what was a shame about that game was like early in the game, I thought the Flyers were on track to have one of the more fun games of the year because Igor Zamula comes out, scores two goals, first two goals of the game. And I'm sitting there. And that first goal, by the way, weird as nuts. Yeah. Like very weird goal. How would you describe that? Weird as hell. I mean, that's it. so we actually asked Joel Ferry about, about that goal after the game, and he came out and he was just like, "Yeah, that was uh, the goal was really weird. Probably one of the weirdest goals I've ever seen in my career." <laughs> so like, it was super weird. Basically, um, it was Ferry who kind of created the goal. He took a shot, um, and on the power play, this is and. Basically, the uh, Godard, I think, is the senator's backup goalie's name. I can't remember. But basically... The guy they're waiting for, yes. Yeah. The um, senator's goalie, like, made the stop, and everyone thought that he had absorbed the puck and that he had the puck somewhere in his equipment. Turns out puck ricocheted off of him, goes airborne across the ice, like, back toward, like, the... Um, the half boards on the near side of the ice. And then the only person who knew where the puck was, was, was Zamula. So everyone is just like state huddled kind of around the Ottawa net, like trying to find the puck. And meanwhile, the goalie is completely out of the crease or not totally out of the crease, but like he's completely not paying attention. He has no idea where the puck is. So on Zamula's side of the net, it's a wide open net and he just kind of, you know, slides the puck right in. It's the easiest goal and the, probably the weirdest goal he'll ever score. Yeah. It's just a bizarre goal. And like, I, I, I know the Sens were pissed, but like the puck simply was not in his gear. It was not there. The rest made the right call. And now I, I will Zimola for picking that up. I will say what was weird about that goal is there was a whistle on the play. Hmm. So I think that's why the senators were upset was because someone, a ref blew the whistle and then, you know, typically it's like when the whistle's blown plays over plays dead. But I guess in this situation, 
um, they ruled that it was a good goal still. And that, I think that's why the senators were really confused about that goal. Yeah. No, you're right about that. And that was weird on the ref's part, but hey, good on Zamula for picking up weirdest goal of the year. And his second goal was far more conventional. That was just through the through yeah. traffic, you know, pretty traditional goal right there. But that, that first one was great. It's a shame that Flyers couldn't hold on in that game. That was a, a rough loss to deal with. And it would have made things a little bit more palatable losing to the, the Avalanche and the lightning like that. And then things are not getting easier because next up they have Detroit, who you might remember them from the craziest game of the season over at Festivus. And then after that, they have Boston who just lost to Carolina, which is unfortunate, but Boston is very, very good. Doesn't get easier. Folks does not get easier. No. So, and, and this could be the flyers first, like real bad slump. I mean, if they don't beat Detroit, and I mean, Boston, who, I mean, Boston's just the best team in hockey. Like one of them, arguably, like they're not exactly an easy team to beat. So the Flyers are going to have their work cut out for them the next few days. And like, it's not out of the realm of possibility that the fly, this three game losing streak could turn into a six game losing streak. We like, we don't know. So yeah, it's going to be uh it'll be interesting to see how they kind of respond here to the whole, uh, uh, to, to the next three games. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the guys who will not be around to help the flyers out with this, at least in the short term is Bobby Brink, who is down in the minors right now. Who do they call it? Uh, Ollie Lixell. Yep. Lixell. Yeah. Yeah. Lixell. Lixell. So I, what, what do we know about Ollie Lixell that we can really talk about? Like, is there anything, particularly exciting about old Ollie there besides his name. Yeah. I mean, he's so this is, won't be his first rodeo in the NHL. Like he's played games with the flyers before. I believe both of the last two seasons he's, he's had a little, little bit of a look. He's like, so. he's had a couple cups of coffee. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, excuse me. It was really only just last season that he played, made his NHL debut. But, um, yeah, so he played in eight games last season with the Flyers. Uh, only had one point, and it was an assist. Um, but this year in Lehigh Valley, he's been really good. Like, in 33 games, he has 16 points – or, excuse me, 16 goals and 28 points. So, you know, he's been putting up some solid numbers down in the AHL, um, and now he's coming up to the NHL, and we'll see if he's able to kind of replicate that um, in, at the NHL level. So, I mean – you know, he's he's an interesting guy. Like, uh, he's not some sort of high-end player. Like, he's he's not the kind of guy. He's probably a career AHLer, I would say, unfortunately. Like, there is a chance that, like, you know, maybe, maybe he could turn into a good third, fourth-line scorer somehow. Um, but, I mean, dude was drafted in the sixth round. He's 24 years old already. So, like, you know, he's... It's not like he has a ton more room to grow and develop here. So, but you never know. I mean, sometimes you see players, you know, at like 26 and all of a sudden they're, they, they totally change their career trajectory. So, um, you never know. Oh, but an AHL or a real Jordan wheel, if you will. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Hope so. his aunt's listening. His aunt's a big fan of mine. Yeah. But yeah, for Lehigh Valley, the series has been good. Maybe he can bring some of that scoring touch to the Flyers too. 
Yeah, I mean, I imagine he's just going to be playing in the bottom six. But you never know with Torts. Torts likes to uh, pull out some monkey wrenches. And my big concern here is Bobby Brink. I really hope that he can uh, kind of rediscover himself a little bit in the AHL. Uh, I'd prefer him down there getting some playing time than eating flyer-shaped pretzels up in the press box. So uh, that's the right move on that part. If, if Torts isn't going to play him, he's got to be playing somewhere. Yeah, no, I, I, it's the right move putting him down there because clearly he wasn't quite in the mix in the NHL with the Flyers. So you might as well have him playing in Lehigh Valley, getting some reps in, get his confidence back, and then he'll come back up and, um, you know, we'll see what he can do then. But also keep in mind, like Bobby Brink is still really, really young. Like it's not like this is going to end his whole, you know, career. Like it's not like this is going to throw him off. He's still a very, very good young prospect. Um, So we'll see how he responds to this. Uh, He's, you know, we saw what he did early on in the season, and he was excellent. I mean, especially on the power play. He was one of the Flyers' better power play players, like, early on in the season. Man has some silky mitts, and, you know, we, we've seen players get sent to the minors. I mean, Cam York was sent to the minors last year to start the season. And yeah. Came yeah. back and has not come out of, well, I mean, he's come out of the lineup occasionally since then, but he hasn't been back to the minors ever since. And, you know, I'm hoping to see the same thing with Bobby Brink here. Yeah, and Bobby, listen, like, Bobby Brink is 22 years old. Like, he's got a lot more lessons to learn before he's fully caught up to speed on life in the NHL. So, um, I think he'll be all right. This is just a little, just a little bump in the road. He'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the big Brinkster is going to be just fine over there, folks. But, yeah, it's uh, another interesting week ahead for the Flyers. But uh, we'll be sure to be back next week talking about the old orange and black and uh when when do we have again the uh the all-star break is coming up at the end of next week right uh yes yes it is uh those all-star jerseys horrendous oh they're awful the worst i've seen i I always think oh they can't get worse oh they they do they did they got worse steve what god help us when fanatics takes over the NHL's jersey design because I think that's just going to be like plain written text that says all-star it's god Steve I'm telling you right now it'll be my 13th reason I can't I can't deal with fanatics doing this so it's gonna be bad it's gonna be bad why don't they get somebody to put Paul Smashmouth on the jersey R.I.P. Dave Paul Smashmouth baby that would be good imagine that it's just a big Paul Smashmouth logo, his face, a cartoon version of his face is a, a proper tribute on an NHL jersey looking back at you. And it has the text, hey, now you're an all-star and that's the jersey. So Tate McRae is doing the NHL all-star game this year. She's performing there. Um, they should just like have like Tate McRae, you know, they should have Tate McRae design the uniforms. Is that a real name? Tate McRae. Yeah. I don't know no, if that's her birth name, but that's who she, that's what she performs under. Sounds like an old West character. Uh, could be. Yeah. She very well yeah. could be. Could be. Um, you know, what's fun about Tate McRae? She's from Deadwood. Uh, she is not. She, okay. Or, or is she, maybe she is. I don't know. Um, yeah. She dated Cole Sillinger. Oh, Wow. The son of former flyer, Mike Sillinger. Hey, Mike Sillinger, number 11. 
Oh yeah, he played on like Mike Sillinger might have played for every NHL team. I think he came very close. But here's the interesting thing. Tate McRae broke up with Cole Sillinger because it turned out Cole Sillinger had a Tinder and was talking to other girls on Tinder while he was dating Tate McRae. That son of a bitch. So Cole fucked up. Because now Tate McRae is way more famous than him. <laughs> I suppose he did. I suppose he did. He could be living large, but he's just Cole Sillinger. That's right. So, yeah, he's got some work to do, eh? Now, now his dad played for Detroit, Anaheim, Vancouver, Philadelphia, Tampa Bay, Florida, Ottawa, Columbus, Phoenix. So what is that? Eight? Nine? I'm trying to count. I'm running out of fingers here. St. Louis, Nashville, and the Islanders. Oh, wow. Okay. The man played for a lot of teams. He did. Many, many, many yeah. teams. 17 years. It's a long time to be uh, moving around like that. 12 teams in 17 years. I, I can't imagine. Yeah. I remember his cup of coffee with the Flyers, though, because he did play with Eric Lindros and John LeClaire very briefly. Yeah. I, he was before my time, but... Um, yeah. I'm aware. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I am stunned that it's like Yager. Like Yager, what did he play for? 11 teams or something? So, Yager and Mike Sillinger probably played for every team in the league between the two of them. I wouldn't be surprised about that if that were the case. Good names for your puck dope goo every day. Mike Sillinger, Yarmir Yager, and Johnny Oduya. Oh, yes. They are all very, very, they're excellent choices, I'd say. <laughs> they call them the triumvirate. <laughs> The known triumvirate. Not quite. Not quite. One of those players is uh, an all-timer. One of them is pretty good. And one of them is Mike Sillinger. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. <laughs> hey, yeah. but listen, you don't bounce around for 17 years without having some talent. No, he, he was, it's not like he was a bad player. He was a fine player. Yeah. He was a fine player. A real good role player. And he just has a stupid son. <laughs> a, a big dum-dum of a son. He messed up. Broke up with Tate McRae. Well, I think she broke. He he fumbled the bag with Tate McRae. We can't all be Mike Fisher, guys. No, no, you can't. Mike Fisher, smart. The rest of you, dumb. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mike Fisher's the right guy, right? Yeah. With uh, Kate, uh, what's her face? Underwood? Carrie Underwood? Carrie Underwood. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I needed to make sure. I was like, I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's Mike Fisher, but I wasn't 100% sure it was Mike Fisher. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. All right, folks. I think that's that's it. We've talked awkwardly about some things and fun about other things, but it is time to head out of here. Quiggs, before we go, what is on your bucket list for next time you're in the great city of Philadelphia? Oh, baby. Uh, lots of things. Um, What's of- number one? What's number one? Dude, I got to hit Angelo's. Like so, Angelos? I, I still haven't been to freaking Angelos. I gotta go to Angelos so bad. Like I haven't been to Angelos because I'm lazy and I don't feel like dealing with either walking up in person and ordering or di- I tried to call on the phone one time. I literally called forty five times and didn't get through. So it was a very discouraging Oof. process. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. Angelos is up there, and I gotta try John's Rose Pork as well. So 
Oh, yeah, John's, I will do John's at any time. John's nice and easy. You walk up, you get it, hooray. All right, I'm in for that. That's beautiful. Excellent. All right, we're getting a good steak next time you come up. That's uh, And maybe a roast pork, because I love a roast pork. So, All right, good. Good goals right there. And we're going to head out of here. But folks, if you have any feedback for us, unfortunately, it's still, it's still the best place to reach us is Twitter. I hate that it's Twitter slash X, but it is. That's what it is. If you have any feedback, Quigs, where can people find you on the old Twitter? At Ryan Quigs with a Z. Thank you. Oh, wow. You can find him on Blue Sky and other such social media at that handle. You can find me at Flyperbole or at Estee Bomb. If it's for hockey purposes, make it Flyperbole. Flyperbole on Instagram. Flyperbole on TikTok. Flyperbole on MySpace. Flyperbole on whatever your mom's preferred social media is. Who's to say? All right, we're going to head out of here. Until next time, folks, we love you all. And in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Wow. And folks, one more time, this podcast was brought to you by the good people over at Bet Online. Be sure to check them out.